Hello and welcome to the Southbound Sports Show. I'm your host, Richie Leahy, here with my co-host, Maddie B. We're going to kick off the show. I'm hitting on Claysburg, Matt. I know Pennsylvania changed their playoff rules. So with the latest loss, where does that leave you? Do they start this week? Yeah, it starts this week. And basically what ends up happening is that as long as we don't play more than 10 games, that we're allowed to continue scheduling other games and kind of replacing some of the games that we would have been playing with matchups from earlier in the year. So this week, um, because there was some coronavirus concerns at Mount Union, uh, they were they were not playing this week, so we picked up Everett. So we have a home game, and it's great to get an op- another opportunity for these seniors to have a chance to win because Friday was another, another tough game. Yeah, it's crazy that they pushed the entire schedule around because you guys only played a handful of games, it seems, when normally the way the unbalanced schedule works, you only need to beat a couple of top teams or just a handful of teams to even make the playoffs. And now it feels like the playoffs are going to be cut short. Is that how it ended up? Did they end up you like accepting a lower number of teams? Well, it, it was a weird situation because the initial thing that they ruled out was that the top four teams – in District 6, we're going to qualify for playoffs. And I felt like that was really going to be tough for us because we play a lot of higher-level schools in our conference. So I thought, well, your, our margin of error is going to be so much less because you have some some schools that are playing within their conference, a lot of, of smaller schools. So the couple of the teams were going we're gonna to qualify just on um, having an easier schedule. So I, I knew that was going to be difficult. And then just with the way that the, the schedule shaped up, it just made things a lot more difficult for us. Yeah, that's a, it's a shame because I know even like in terms of things, it's just weird to get everything planned and then push for a fall season, have it delayed and then make the playoff changes. But um, I know you have your team prepared going forward. So we'll continue to check in. And hopefully next year things can get back to normal. Yeah, so. I was I was talking with my athletic director and I said, you know, I think one of the things that's been really difficult specifically to this season is that I have a hard time, like I feel like maintaining focus with the kids because every week we go through the, this could be the last game of the year. And then it's like, then it doesn't happen and it's like okay well maybe this is the final week and maybe this is the final week and like i just don't know if it's if, if that's having any effect and the 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 starting the year off in this hybrid format where the students are in school they were in school four days and um had a cyber day for one of them we just transitioned into five day a week back to school with all of our students yeah, and that has to be tough trying to keep the kids focused whenever they're not even on campus to go to class and things like that. And I think that's not just not your state, um, but even down here in North Carolina, the high school, they pushed out like all their sports back to the spring in terms like to try to help guide them into having everyone in class before they started sports. So I wonder how their season is going to compare to what you guys went through. So something we're going to keep an eye on as we go forward. But you got any other comments on that? 
Well, I was just curious down there how they were going to make things work. Because I know at a school like ours, if, if they're having competing sports, like uh, for people to play either uh, like baseball or track, things like that, how that's going to match up if they're trying to fit football in along the same same time frame. Well, I didn't see anything on football specifically, but I do know that the plan was to try to just have everything focused sort of like mini seasons. So like where football, they're hoping to have done by February. I don't know realistically if you could do basketball at the same time and then have enough kids. I don't know if that would work out for schools. But then I think the idea would be to just cut out a lot of like the baseball camp and like the track stuff like that and then just push that to later in the year so that you will really only be doing like the basketball and football possibly overlapping. I did see a compressed timeline where they had the eight game football schedule like as a shortened one and then where basketball would come back for teams that are like eliminated from the playoffs and then they would kind of just have more basketball games per week. I don't know if any of that's actually been settled. It's been a couple of weeks since I've looked into it. But I do know that schools are starting to open back up at least full-time soon, I believe. And it's a county-by-county county thing, too. So it's almost like I almost wonder if they're just going to set a state playoff date or time frame and say, hey, figure it out. Give us so many teams or whatever. Because I would assume that that's how they're going to um, figure like some type of conferences. They're going to have to work cross-county to just get scheduling down and then be able to put forth like a district type playoff or whatever. But we'll see. I'll, I'll fill you in possibly as we get closer because I'm sure they're going to be looking at just getting the kids in school first and then figuring out scheduling and stuff like that. But I haven't heard anything. I haven't looked into it though either. So we'll circle back around on that in a couple weeks. You got anything else? Nope. All right. We got the big topic today. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. And I would like to say, I took a flyer on Aaron Rodgers. Normally I'm negative on him on the show. And I think you know why. You, you had it on full display on Sunday. He came out and he was on fire. Looked like Green Bay was going to run away with it. What does he do? Throws two interceptions. And then he looked completely checked out. So if you watch the game, and it was, it's funny to me because just last week there were like a lot of talking heads and like articles that came out about Tom Brady yelling at his players. And like Bruce Arians made a comment and said like, I'm, I'm glad he's yelling at them because that's less yelling that I have to do. And like, I just look at Aaron Rodgers and I think this guy does the opposite. Like he just kind of keeps himself and pouts in the corner. And it's not like a team thing to him. I mean, people can come at me, whatever, on Aaron Rodgers, but I think for all the numbers he puts up, he does ju- just doesn't seem like a team guy. A lot of the locker room stuff they blamed on Mike McCarthy. Apparently the Cowboys are having issues. Maybe it was him. I don't know. I mean, they had a, a traumatic quarterback injury. So, of course, they weren't going to talk about that before. And the funny thing was I saw Aaron Rodgers on like Pat McAfee's podcast talking about the Mike McCarthy stuff. It's like, dude, you just got killed. You just got killed. Maybe you should be in the film room because there was no 
there was no like if and buts about it. You had the team with the highest scoring differential. I thought they were going to put it away early. Tampa Bay hasn't had a solid defense. And we all know Tom Brady's not one to just put up points. But you can't spot him points and get him going. Because if that's like a sign of anything, right now it's looking like Tampa Bay could be jumping into it and getting ready to just make a run towards the championship. Because that's what, that's what they do. I mean, they're sitting uh, atop of the NFC South, competitive division. The only other team, well, realistically, uh, the Packers and Bears both have one loss, so they're kind of still ahead of them. But in the big scheme, right now the Seahawks are undefeated. I would imagine they take the one seed. I know they're in a tough division right now, so maybe it doesn't work out. But Tampa Bay is right there. The expanded playoffs. I think two teams get like the the expanded buy or whatever, right? Because I think they said it's seven from each division. I think that sounds right. Or no, it, maybe it's only one team this year instead of the two. But Tampa Bay is in a position where if they keep winning out now, maybe they could jump up to that that spot. Like I'm not sure what the bracket is. We'll we'll get a clearer picture later on here. I just haven't looked into it. I just know that they're battling for one of the staples that they had in New England. New England always had home field advantage, it seemed like. And then from there, they would go ahead and take out the Steelers, take out anyone else that was competing with them because they were ready to go. And Tampa Bay, if Tom Brady can do that, get some games down south, I know he's used to playing in the cold, but probably a lot of his teammates aren't. But just being in Tampa Bay for years, um, it's putting them in a great spot to take the NFC. And that could be the NFC Championship game. I mean, the Seahawks, they've looked good, but it's been a while for them too. And, I mean, I'm high on them. They had a bye week. But um, I just think that in terms of the NFC, before I get into the AFC stuff, right now – you're looking at a team like Green Bay. I thought they were going to put them away early, and they blew it. So, any thoughts on that, Matt? Well, I, I did want to circle back to the one point that you made. Uh, as far as, like, the leadership aspect from Brady and Rodgers, because I do think it when you have a strong quarterback, it does help your situation to have that guy be – be more vocal and to, to be kind of the bad guy because in the end a lot of the quarterbacks need to understand that the offense whether it goes right or it goes wrong it runs through you regardless so you need to take ownership and it's not easy to put you know and i know these are professional guys but when you're even comparing between the two you have someone who's had a lot of success in bringing that he knows exactly what he needs to do to get his guys into the spots to be successful where I don't know if maybe that's where some of that friction is where McCarthy was trying to push Rogers to, to be more vocal and to do more things. And it just wasn't his style. And if there was a leadership vacuum where they don't have those other guys to step into those rules could be why, why the Packers have struggled. And you can be onto something. I know Josh Allen for the Bills, he came out after their loss and pretty much took the blame. 
and said, like, hey, I got to play better if we're going to win. And, I mean, they were in a great spot. They could have had, a, like, a two-game lead or whatever on Miami and just down the stretch couldn't get any points. So you're on a two-game losing streak. What could be one of the top teams in, like, the AFC East? And it's just going to be – like, I've never really seen Aaron Rodgers do something like that. So it's going to be something that we keep an eye on because lately, I think even he said, well, we that one time we won the Super Bowl, I think it was the year they won the Super Bowl, they were like 7-6 and six and barely won the division to get that home field advantage or that home game or whatever. And so that's going to be one of the things, like if Tampa Bay can lock that up, and if like if Chicago steals that from the Packers, I don't think the Packers go far in the playoffs. Like if the Packers have to go on the road, just looking at that team, that's not a team that fights through adversity right now. They could get it together in the next couple of weeks, but right now, just looking at their body language on the bench, once those picks were thrown, that game was over. I mean, that that was it. That was what the second quarter, first quarter, it was early in the game. They had no fight. After halftime, they didn't come out. Nothing. So and I had a phase defense in my fantasy team. So it was nice that Aaron Rodgers was like, here, here's a free touchdown. Just hand one. I know. I talked trash on that, and I forgot my boy Russell Wilson was on a bye. Because I think if you look at the points, he's averaging. If, you, if I would have got those, I would have beat you this week. My team's injured, though. I actually saw a picture of, uh, like, someone made a meme with, like, Ric Flair and their team all beat up. And I was going to send it to you because I thought, that's exactly my team right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a – I think I, I don't know if I took a screenshot, but I was trying to pick up guys off the waiver. And I was like, I really don't have any any spots. My IR was filled. And I had like people that were questionable, like Brown from the Bills. He's questionable. I think he ended up getting zero points. At the end of the day, I was like, I can't, I can't put him out there. I ended up picking up another Dolphins wide receiver. And of course the Jets didn't show up at all. I'm like, come on, Adam Gase, you have to be fired at this point. The Dolphins had, had a hot offense. All you had to do is come out with some fight and make them throw the ball. I would have got some extra points, but no. They didn't even have to throw the ball. And now, what about this? The Dolphins came out after that game. They've been winning with Fitzpatrick, right? They're 3-3. Three and three. They've won two games in a row. They're going to start two a next game. Did you see that? Got to sell shirts. But why? You're in it for the division. Like, I don't see anything... I was trying to trying to figure this out before the show because I thought, all right, you're going to name him the starter, and I just don't know why. Like Fitzpatrick, he's thrown – like is that this year? He's thrown 10 touchdowns and over 1,500 yards. Like what are you looking at in terms of like your thing? I wonder if I can just get team stats here and try to do like a breakdown between the two. But like I said, you're on a couple-game winning streak. Tua's played in one game. He's had two completions, Matt, for nine yards. Total. So you're saying he's good at hitting the check down. That's his only stats looking at this right now. So Fitzpatrick's been playing six games. He has 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His rating's like a 95. And they always change the quarterback rating, so... I really never go by that. But his completion is 70%. And he throws a lot of uh, deep-type balls uh, to Devontae Parker. So it's like, okay, that's pretty good stats 
as your team's one game behind in the AFC East, and then you're like, you know what? I got a feeling. Two completions, two for two, that's 100%. What if he never misses, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) And the, the funny thing is he gets that feeling against the Jets. I just don't understand, like, okay, maybe the fans are pushing for it. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I haven't talked to any Dolphins fans. So I don't know. But just looking at the team, I wonder, hey, you're pretty hot right now. What could we do to mess that up? Look, what a two-game winning streak. The Bills have lost. Matt, the rest of the division has lost Bills two games in a row. Patriots right. two games in a row. Jets six games in a row. And the Dolphins decided to switch quarterbacks. Hold on. With the Jets, two-part question. Number one, they're going to have the number one overall pick. Do you think that they go with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, number one overall? And and part two, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you declare in the draft knowing that you're likely going to end up as a New York Jet? No, the Jets are going to mess that up. They're going to mess it up just like the Giants messed it up. Like, I know the Giants already have their quarterback that they have drafted, but, like, any team that's been, like, on a run, I I, I don't even know at this point. Like, if I'm the Cowboys, I just don't win the rest of the year. I know Dak just got hurt. He's fighting for a contract. But at some point, it's kind of like, all right, we've tried that for a while. It didn't work out. If we can somehow get Trevor Lawrence, that could change the entire franchise. And I'm looking at the teams just on the bottom. Like Minnesota could end up. All, all the Jets have to do is win one game and have some of these teams lose out. Like Jacksonville, what would they do? I don't know. Uh, the Chargers, I don't really see them trying to go for Trevor Lawrence. But like even the Falcons, they got to win. It's like, why are you winning? He's fired all your coaches. I know they're playing for their coaching lives now because they're hoping that they just get named because that's normal. That's like a normal thing in the NFL. Once a coach like goes down or whatever, they'll just name the next one in line as a coach and just leave it like that. The old 49ers like they did with Tom Sola. They're like, hey, Harbaugh was too rough on these guys. Let's bring in a lackey. And they're like, what, that didn't work? That didn't work. All the players said they loved his light practices. It's like, yeah, they didn't want to work hard. What are you talking about? <laughs> don't bring the guys that are going to make us work. Yeah, like we already went to that Super Bowl thing. We tried it. Didn't work out for us. We're fine now. So, I mean, if I'm looking at this across the board, I would say, okay, the Jets have a chance. Why wouldn't you take it if you did get it? I feel like they've drafted so many quarterbacks, though. But I feel like Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's been hurt at Clemson. He's taken a lot of hits where I think if he had durability issues, and I don't want to jinx the guy, that I think they would have shown up by now because um, he's like he's fast enough to pull away from some of those bigger guys you've seen it in some of their playoffs where he's had big runs. And I think just showing up on that level of competition for how many years in a row – I think no matter what team gets that first draft pick, I think he has to go number one. What do you think on it? I, well, that, that's why I was thinking he has to go one. 
I think he's he's the clear cut one. If if he declares, I mean, he could be that rare college athlete that just says, "I'm going to stick around for my senior year." He and doesn't. Really, I don't. I don't think he'd stick around. I'm wondering if Dabo wouldn't just push him out after this year. Yeah, but for Dabo, that's a thin line because when you don't have that star quarterback, look at the drop off. Look at what happened with LSU. I mean, I know he's been recruiting, but if you look at the team recruiting rankings and stuff like that, the blue chip ratio, Clemson's up there, but they're not in that Alabama, Ohio State tier. They're close. They're like even below LSU. And like, look at what happened to LSU after they lost a couple of guys. So I know he has a great program. They're developing. They have a great system. But he's been lucky because he's had like back-to-back starting NFL quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, right? Is that how it went? Yeah, and Taj Boyd before him. Yeah, and Taj Boyd was kind of just the stepping stone. It wasn't like that elite NFL starting, like long-term starting quarterback. Like he's had them back-to-back. Even Nick Saban hasn't had that. Nick Saban is on the strength of that recruiting that I mentioned. So Dabo, I think... He doesn't have that recruiting like Alabama to fall back and just have a guy that's good enough. I think he's won because they, they've had some bad losses because they don't have that top talent. But, I mean, I guess Ohio State has a top talent. They have had the same bad losses in the regular season. It just comes down to I think that's what really has put Clemson over the top of those other teams. That's why they've been able to beat Alabama. I mean, Tua could be a guy that starts in the NFL – but has Alabama had any other quarterbacks in Nick Saban's time that's been a multi-year starter in the NFL? No. And same with Ohio State. Has Urban Meyer put anyone in that's been a, a long-term starter? Nope. Even their winning guy, Cardell Jones, couldn't even hold his job in the XFL. Got off that hot start, and then he became a meme after that. I mean, could potentially try to throw out is Alex Smith, but he's been so injured. Well, I would give him that, but I was thinking more recently since he's won national championships, although I have been on the side of Utah claiming that one. So, and he's available. You guys could claim it right now in coronavirus times. Before the Pac-12 starts, hold a national championship ceremony. Was it been 12 years? That's a good, the 12-year anniversary. Just go ahead. Is that what year was? I don't even know. No, it had to be longer than that, right? Was it 2004? So 16 year? It's probably around there. Or was it, could they make it a 15 year anniversary? Just make it 15. I was thinking 2008, but he was already at Florida by then. Um, Which team was undefeated? Was that TCU maybe? Uh, No, there was a weird year in there too where there was a couple teams back in the BCS years. But I will say, Utah, just claim it. Invite Urban Meyer and have a great big ceremony. You know if Urban Meyer gets invited, the media would be so soft on Utah. Because they, like, they're all Urban's friends now. They'd be like, oh, come on. You, we got to cheer for Utah. So that's you- what I want them to do. That's my random thought for uh, this week. Have Utah go out, claim a national championship right now. Just because I think it would piss everybody off. People... <laughs> People will be like, what the hell are they doing? Why are they claiming a national championship right now? And they're having a ceremony with Urban Meyer? Just him and his family. And like a couple, like bring Alex Smith down. 
he's in the news because of the Dak Prescott uh, injury. So I don't know. But I really think, going back to my original point, that is what separates Clemson right now. They've had NFL quarterbacks. If you look at, like, Oklahoma, they've had them. Coaching and, like, their defense recruiting and defensive coaching hasn't been there. That's why they haven't given taken that step like Clemson has in college or even, like, LSU. Like, you can have the quarterback, but you got to have some defense. Because once you get in the playoff game, all they have to do is get like two or three stops, and then you you lose. That's exactly what Oklahoma did when they had that talent, those talented quarterbacks. But other than that, LSU took advantage. Clemson's been taking advantage. I think Trevor Lawrence has to be, just like Joe Burrow's. I know he's like, uh, what he start with uh, the Bengals one four and one. You got to give him time. I think that was the right pick. I mean, look at Baker Mayfield. People were talking about, like, should the Browns get someone else? They're 4-2 and two right now. Like, why not go for it? Yeah, and the Burrow pick made sense because Andy Dalton was proven that he couldn't stay healthy through the course of the season. I mean, how many times do you have your quarterback go down before you try finding the heir apparent? <laughs> I mean, we saw that last year in Pittsburgh with, with – Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. If if you don't have a good quarterback, it's tough to win in the league. And that's exactly right, because you need to have guys that are able to just shake off bad throws. I mean, like you have a couple bad series, whatever. Get out there, win in the league, and then that's going to put a lot of other question marks on your team just to rest. So I think that's where a lot of these teams and then like, I mean, just long-term, if you have consistency too, I think that really helps out some of these teams. That's why everyone's so high on the Chiefs. If you look at their contract situation, like I said, they have a, a good window now where they can maybe win one, win a championship a couple years in a row. If they miss that, they're going to kind of just be starting over and as long as they have Mahomes, I mean – is he going to be that same type of guy if he doesn't have all those weapons? I don't know. We'll see. I think getting a couple championships gives you that confidence to be that type of guy. I mean, look at Russell Wilson. He's been doing his thing, got the championship, uh, and I, I thought he had multiple last week, but I was wrong. So he ended up losing one. But just getting there and having the confidence while they went through that change I mean, he has totally different weapons around him now. And it's taken a while for them to get built back up. So you need a quarterback that can stay healthy. That's where, like, Trevor Lawrence seems like he can stay healthy, take the hits. Um, I know he's not, like, a pure dual-threat quarterback, but maybe you don't need to be. In the NFL, anyway, you definitely don't need to be because look at Tom Brady. Plus, I think uh, I saw a picture of Tom Brady. One of the linemen that he played with at Michigan, he just played against his son, like last week. That's how long he's been in the years in, in the NFL. Keep playing, just keep playing. He's a, be like LeBron, just wait till his son comes up and play with them. I saw someone else put out that I don't. So I don't. I didn't check the math, of course, because I'm lazy. But Tom Brady has played in 16 percent of all Super Bowls. Going back to whenever they started. So you don't need to be a running quarterback. 
Tom Brady's not outrunning anyone. No, he is not. So that's my last thing. Oh, getting on the Steelers before I before we uh, hit up the NFL stuff. Looked great. Moving the ball around. I've seen a bunch of people complaining about fantasy. Oh, you can't have a Steelers receiver because Ben changes who he's going to every week. He's going to the guy that's able to get open. I think that's how you stick around forever. He's not just going to go out there and say, hey, you know what? That guy had a great game last week. I'm going to throw him no matter what. I'm just going to keep throwing him the ball. And if it gets intercepted, oh, well. Like, that's what Aaron Rodgers, like, when he just keeps shoving it to Devontae drops Adams. Because he, how many balls is he going to drop? That one interception, like, hit him in the hands. Like, at least knock it down. What are you doing? People say he's, like, a number one guy. I know he puts up stats, but that's because the Packers have no one else. That's my last Packers comment. Devontae Adams just annoys me because of how many times he drops the ball or, like, doesn't give the effort. But, again, Ben Roethlisberger, he spreads the ball around. So James Washington, you're going to get into it this week? Great. You have a matchup we can exploit? Let's go for it. The Browns just looked all out of sorts. I know Steelers were able to get pressure, but that's the one thing. I mean, you're starting 5-0. and It goes back to my old fears like, hey, it's looking great right now. But how many times have the Steelers looked like a great team and then in the end of the year they just fell off? Because whether it's Ben getting injured or not having his best stuff, like going back to that Jacksonville year in the playoffs where they couldn't do anything, um, I wonder if that's going to hold up. Now they play back-to-back games against two top teams on the road, Titans, Ravens. What are your predictions for the Titans game? I think they're going to beat the Titans. I think they're going to struggle with Baltimore just because of the in-division matchup. I will say the Titans, they looked like they were struggling against the Texans, and I think the Steelers are kind of built similarly as the Texans where they just have weapons. I know that they let their best weapon go, but I feel like they were able to exploit stuff that the Steelers are going to be able to take advantage of. And you might be right. I was more scared of that game a couple weeks ago, and I think it was one of the ones that got bumped. So I'm still saying it's on the road. I'll be conservative and say they might drop these next two. But I think they'll be close. And so they'll be sitting at 5-2 and two if they win. I think they'll be in a better position. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking they're going to have a tight loss on the road because they haven't really been on the road. They went to New York. It was opening week. There weren't any fans or whatever. I think Tennessee's letting fans in. It's probably not full, but that's just going to be a different atmosphere than what they're used to, and so we'll see. I mean, also, the Titans could end up being in trouble anyway because they did that investigation into like their coronavirus tracing and stuff. And so right now they could be fined for like not isolating and things like that. And if you look on the other hand, for all the stuff people talk about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick shut his complete practice down and just went everything remote because he didn't want it to spread. Titans didn't do that. Now the Patriots are two and three. Would that have made a difference? 
I mean, to have your quarterback Cam Newton out anyway, probably not. Like, I just think they got hit. That's why I really wouldn't be worried about them. I mean, Bill Belichick has to be laughing that the Dolphins are making a quarterback change. Yeah. And unless there's some there's some other kind of like injury or issue that is not being released right now. Yeah, I just don't, I like, I'm still baffled that you would just publicly be like, "Thanks for your service." <laughs> Fitzmagic's no more. We got to go with this next guy. Well, they 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 probably recognized everywhere he's been successful. It's only been for a couple games. They're like, "That's it. We we got the wins." Go go grab a seat. So maybe they're just doing some reverse psychology. They said, "All right, we got a couple wins. We're going to put you on the bench and then bring back the magic late in the season, so it's ready for playoff time." Playoffs. But I mean, he could do as well as the other rookie quarterbacks around the league, like New York, or like what Baker Mayfield did last year, like, and what Burrow's doing right now. You don't know. I just think like it's just a crazy thing to think. Hey, we're in a great position here. What are we going to do to solidify that? And they're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to sit this one out. Let's just blow the whole thing up. So, and I think other people were shocked because even ESPN, like, they immediately started talking about how, oh, well, uh, there are some upsides to this. You don't have to go get him in, in free agency for fantasy and stuff like that, but it might change some of the weapons on the team. I'm like, people have no idea what to expect. Like, I'm, I'm going to be selling. Selling my Dolphins, guys. You can't, uh, if I can. I really don't have any many options right now until my injured reserve <laughs> comes off. But I don't know. That's my last thought for the NFL. Do you have anything else? No. All right. Shifting gears because I've liked that we've been breaking up football with other stuff. So the big news today, the European Premier League – Normally, we talk some soccer when it comes up to, like, what, the World Cup years? Yeah. But this one really stuck out to me because of the amount of hate it's getting. So, for people that don't know, um, just some background, and I'm sure people tune off anyway at this point because they don't like the college stuff. They only like the NFL talk. But if you're still here, this could be interesting because right now, there are big leagues, but they're split up by countries. Like, England has their own Premier League. And then, like, was the La Liga or whatever in Spain. And, like, they have, like, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And there might be other countries involved. But they're more regional and smaller. And so they have, like, this United Championships Cup where, let's say, like, Major League Baseball would have their World Series, take their winning team, and then put them in a tournament with other baseball teams around the country, kind of like they did the World Baseball, whatever. But instead of having an all-star team, you're just taking your your World Series champion. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe basketball would be a comparison people in America might understand if they don't watch soccer. Where like, okay, the Lakers just won it. Now they have to go play uh, the champions from like Japan or China and then Greece or wherever. So whatever team won their professional league. So their investors right now, and I think one was like the J.P. Morgan Bank or something I saw. They want to go ahead and buy out the top teams and just have them play anyway. Like, the Yankees already pay for the best players. Why not just take them, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers, and just have them play 
the best teams in Japan and like I don't even know where else Dominican Republic like all those little like little countries that have like their own leagues they just each get one team of all their best players and then they play against like our best players from the United States but they're kind of split up based on like historic powers and as a foreign fan I think it's a great idea because I don't care at all about England's Premier League like people keep saying, I, I see the negative hate, and it's like, oh man, uh, they're going to ruin everything. There are a bunch of fans from the other teams. Like England doesn't have the amount of international fans that you're going to be able to gain from this league. Just in eyeballs alone, let's say if they're able to get people from each country to turn in, you've already increased the value of your property. Plus, you're already using team names that people might know like Manchester United and whatever the other one is, um, which is probably a slam to people if they know. And they're like, how does he know one but not the other? Like, I only know certain teams. But I'll say, I think it's great as a foreign fan. And it's almost like what I've said, they could have tried to do with NFL Europe if they really wanted to expand the game. And maybe that's what their original idea was, kind of get a league going over there that wasn't really a minor league teach them the, the game, try to bring them in and just have like a second pod. And then maybe you play like your international championship game. Think of like, like the major league baseball, how they have like the different divisions, crossovers, things like that. So it's something to keep an eye on because if it happens, like I don't have any connection to any of those teams, but like if there was a team from Poland in, I'd probably cheer for them. Plus the games are on early over here. So, like, what else are you really doing on, like, a Sunday at 7 in the morning? Like, you wake up, it'll give you something to put on instead of watching uh, the guys talk football on whatever, CBS or whatever. I don't even know. Coach Cower, see what he's doing. But I like it. I know a lot of people hate it. But go ahead. Everything's going to be international anyway. Like, it's I, I've said it. I think baseball should do kind of the same thing where – if they want to keep growing, they keep talking about how they're losing fans. And this is my next point. Baseball, everyone's like, well, baseball's dying. Baseball's dying. Baseball, the NLCS, had better TV ratings than any NBA Finals game. And I saw Twitter was putting out that it was misleading because the NBA was matched up against football or whatever. I think the game was on It was on Sunday night, right? Just like one of the NBA games. Was that the clincher? Like, they were both up against Sunday Night Football. I think they said that the NLCS had, like, 9 million people. And the NBA had, like, 7, maybe 8. I don't know if they ever finished adding the numbers in. But it was, like, 7.6 when we brought it in last time. So, that's not even the World Series. The, all the people were saying about, like, oh, the NBA is just down, it's just down. Not the it, That's crazy that baseball can still pull in more people... And you can say that it's misleading, but at some point you just have to admit like, hey, they messed up with all their pandering and whatever else they were doing. They need to go ahead, and if they want to go international, just do what the Premier League's doing. I mean, you have a team in Canada already, the Toronto Raptors. Do you really need 30 teams? I don't think basketball does. Half those teams never compete. Never compete. So I would assume soccer has to be the same way. 
in England. How many of those teams really compete? They have like the the relegation thing where they send the teams that lose down to the lower division. I've been wondering if they should do that for college football. I think that would be funny. If they ever break away, like you can see Rutgers, they're like, oh no, we better not lose this week because we'll be dropped down. And then they'll invite, I don't even know who's hot, Louisiana Tech. No, who's the one team that was finally ranked for the first time ever? I don't know. So, why not? That's my random update. you have any ideas on those things? Well, the only thing that I think might be a, a major drawback to this league is that if you're doing all of this additional travel from country to country, how much of that's going to to be an issue as far as coronavirus? Because I would assume that if they're having that league, they're not just going to do a, a pod or, bub- or a bubble for those for those teams. So they're just going to like infect all of Europe we, to try to fit this league in. Well, that's why I think the timing is crazy. But I think they're looking at it and saying, hey, we realize with no fans that most of our money comes from television. As much as all these fans want to complain about it, that's why, like, it's blown my mind that some colleges, like, they're playing games. Like, I think I saw a thing from Pitt. Are they actually ranked number one in soccer? It's like, how would you even watch that? Like, they talk about, like, the ESPN Plus or the a- ACC Network. How are you supposed to watch that? Like, Pitt should just say, hey, ACC, we're bleeding money. Let us sell a Pitt Pass that's like a Netflix just for Pitt Sports, 10 bucks a month, and you can watch any of our other games, even if it's on like ESPN plus or whatever. Like if you're not going to add it to the ESPN network or the ACC network, whatever it is, then it's on here. Like no more of this. Hey, you can pay for like a day pass or whatever. Let teams offer their thing and try to get some own money. Like why not? Otherwise, what's the point of Pitt telling me that they have a number one soccer team. If you're not really going to be able to go to the game and you can't watch it. Like, honestly, that's what it's like. And so I think some of these teams, it's like, we've reached our top point. You can tell me, like, hey, you're you're a fan of this town or whatever. Like, here, even down in North Carolina, like, there people are competing between, like, the Raleigh and the Charlotte. Charlotte has more people. They have the bigger teams. I know Raleigh has, like, the Carolina Hurricanes. They name the teams Carolina to try to get the fans into it. There are no teams in South Carolina. They, didn't, they strategically didn't name the Carolina Panthers the North Carolina Panthers because I think they played their first couple games or first seasons or whatever in Clemson Stadium, but they didn't want to alienate any, any potential fans. That's why I think naming teams after cities is kind of like old school. But unless you're like even New York, they didn't name themselves the New York City Yankees. I mean, have some of those New York teams play New Jersey, don't they? It's like, so that's what I'm looking at whenever they talk about like these, these international leagues right now. I think the proposal is like you said, the travel awful timing. So they want them to kind of play in their own things, but it's just going to kind of replace the, like the top like tournament or whatever. And which we've talked about on the show. So instead of like having a potential for one of the top teams to miss, they're just kind of saying like, all right, you're just all in. We don't care if you lose your league. You have a chance to pick up other people and you're going to play in our tournament and we're going to have the best 
from each like region or whatever. And I think it could work. It just depends on, they think they were talking like 16, 17 teams. I don't know how many countries they're letting in. Like if, if they're giving England two teams, Spain a team or two, and then like a bunch of other countries get a couple teams and you're only involving five countries, it's not going to work. But if you had pods where like you had a team or two from England and a team from Ireland or Wales, do they have a league? I don't know. They might be in, in the Europe one or in the England one. Uh, you could probably do like little pods to kind of minimize travel. Like when you get to like Germany and all those countries, they have like a good robust like the Autobahn or whatever where they could travel probably pretty good in between each other. It's just going to be flying the ones that aren't really landlocked. And so I don't know. Because it's almost like the travel, like the landmass size is comparable to the United States, right? And our teams make it work. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I would look forward to it because like, like I said, internationally, why would I care about another country's league? It's almost like when it's like a joke. And just to put it in terms for them, it's like a joke when we send you our worst football teams and say, hey, come watch this. Like the Jaguars are playing in London. Jaguars are 1-5 right now, baby. They're playing the Jets, 0-6. But it's going to be the NFL for you. You can come see it. it. Why do you think they don't send our best teams? Because they're just trying to get people to think like, oh, yeah, football exists. That's like how soccer is. They send their mix over. Because I know the Michigan Stadium hosts like a big international soccer game every year, it seems. They're just doing that so people can be like, hey, I've seen that team. Maybe I'll watch it on TV. Because the TV numbers matter. That's my last bit. Everyone's talking about, oh, complain about me talking about TV ratings. I saw people complaining about them, like the NBA. Why are we even talking about them? It's like, that matters. You can say like, hey, we've had 3 million views on Twitter. That doesn't matter. That This could be all bots. You have no idea. But if advertisers are going to pay for it, that's what really counts. And the low numbers are going to hurt. And maybe basketball will go international just like soccer. They keep saying it's going to. If this European soccer league gets done, I wouldn't be surprised if a basketball one was next. In Europe, giving the NBA kind of like an international, and I, I think it would kill the finals. Like if they were able to say, hey, this European soccer league works, Let's do our own basketball league and really throw money into it to go against the NBA. And if they only get 16 teams or whatever, the NBA just cuts their league by 16 teams. And then their their champions play each other at the end of the year. Do like the old baseball where you have like two weeks where you have international games, except now it's actually international. It's just like, hey, an international game between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Like, that's the closest game we could have been playing the whole year. What are you talking about, international travel? So that's my last thing on that. But that's why I've been bringing it up because it's important. And same with like college football, which we're transitioning into now. The TV stuff, it makes a lot of sense because I really don't think that the playoffs are going to last with four teams because the recruiting, like we've said, it's only the top couple teams that are still recruiting well that have been making the playoffs it's hard to break into that top tier if you don't have an NFL-caliber quarterback. And so, like, looking at Alabama, the way they took down Georgia, were you surprised by that? 
No, not based off of what what Saban's record's been. Yeah, I put them in the title. I think maybe not of the show, but on the board here. Like Georgia, like Georgia, they keep recruiting well, but they're not recruiting the same type. Like their defense is good, but it's almost like their offense is lacking. They're very similar to what Michigan's been doing. Like I know that they've had like the higher higher profile recruits, but they're still stumbling in their own conference. They're still losing to Alabama. Michigan's still losing to Ohio State. Like that's a stumbling block. If you go back through, flip, uh, like flip half of Michigan's Ohio State losses to wins, and they're in the playoffs those years most likely. There's only been like one or two years where they would have been out, no matter, like even if the win there against Ohio State. Like Georgia, it's the same way. Like eventually you got to beat Alabama, and then even whenever you get lucky against Alabama and you get in the playoffs, you still have to play them. Like that year, they really lucked out because Auburn uh, did pull off the upset. Georgia's like, oh, thank God we don't get to play them. They get in the playoffs, they win the first one, and they're like, oh, no, not Alabama. And then Tua comes in, and it's like Alabama's just playing. They're playing like multiple quarterbacks. Like, could you imagine if Nick Saban had Trevor Lawrence? Like, people were like, oh, Clemson's on a run. That's why I don't think, like, Clemson, you try to keep him. I think they'll try to keep him. I just don't think he'll stay because it's really like, what else do I have to do? You don't want to risk getting hurt. Yeah. So, but just looking at the SEC, I know I was wrong on my Mike Leach thing. I was a little high on him. But it looks like Costello didn't work out for them. They've lost three in a row. Arkansas, I saw a thing. Arkansas missed on Norvell, and they missed on Lane Kiffin. And they ended up with possibly the better hire in Pittman. Matt, Arkansas was predicted to like win no games. They're 2-2 two and two right now. They have the same record. They have double the Power 5 wins that Florida State has. I know you're high on that Florida State win, so why don't you go ahead and get into it? Well, it was just not like I've been frustrated watching Florida State over the last couple of years now, but it was nice to Saturday to watch them and look like the team that I grew up watching, where they were they were playing hard. You could see that there was a level of excitement. They still were making some of the mistakes and penalties and stupid stuff that that they need to get better with, but you can see that, that the players are starting to buy in more. I think that's that's what I was waiting for, is to see, is all the stuff that Norvell is preaching at them, is it, are the players buying in? And, the, the you know, you, you look at the talent composite that, in theory, like, they have a, a highly talented team, but what's the issue? They, they're really heavy with lacking, lacking leadership and lacking that willingness to be a team guy as opposed to trying to go after those individual accomplishments and, and pushing more for going pro. And I think they kind of veered away from what made them successful in the past. So it was nice just watching that game against UNC and seeing deep passes that were completed and different situations where they need to make a play and guys actually were making catches and doing things with the ball. It was nice to... Actually, get to enjoy a win. You you enjoyed the end. Wins a win. I mean, they were really choking at the end. I would think that that comes up 
with some of maybe not knowing how to win, but it did give me the throwback to the old Florida State teams, like you said, whenever they're missing field goals wide right and things like that. That was really, oh, I remember these days. (laughs) And then, to be honest, they should have lost that game. North Carolina had three drops on the last drive. It's almost like, what are you doing? Those guys, I wonder if they were paid off. Although, they couldn't have been because they killed the ACC's chance of getting two teams in the playoffs. I believe that that game was the nail in the coffin. No one could sit down with a straight face and say, oh, North Carolina's a top 10 team. I mean, Florida State got railed by Miami. Like, that wasn't even, that was what we call up here in Michigan, Penn State terms. That was a no compete. They didn't compete with them. That was just, you just showed up and you just got crushed. So, but I think if they win, if they win out, there's there's a backdoor chance that they could potentially doubt it. But well, the thing is, they have to win out, and then they have to have like the same scenario, like I said, where you have a couple of one loss teams, and now UNC plays Notre Dame. So, like either or, I mean, Notre Dame has to then what? you beat Clemson, lose to UNC. Like the, the tiebreaker scenario that I laid out last week doesn't really work. I mean, you're looking through, you have potentially, what is it? Six teams left with one loss, North Carolina and NC state play this week. I believe. I don't know if that, if any of those were delayed, cause I don't know if they shifted times, but um, no, that's this week. So that that's one team gone in terms of that. And then I think you have the next couple weeks, you're just going to be playing some of these other teams. They're going to be playing each other anyway because of the way the schedule works out. So Clemson still has to play Notre Dame, and they still have to play Virginia Tech. I don't see them losing both those games. Like I think the only team that could withstand like a two-loss you can get in the playoffs would be Clemson because it's a crazy year. I think the benefit right now, is that the SEC, they're down to only four teams with one loss or less. Alabama, A&M, Georgia, and Florida. And Georgia and Florida, they haven't played each other yet. So with them stumbling, that that's going to be another loss at the, at the beginning of November. And so you're going to be looking at a team that is going to lose to Alabama in the championship game, so the East won't have that champion. You're really looking back at A&M. Can Jimbo Fisher run the table the rest of the way? They've already lost to Alabama. That's your only hope of getting two teams in right now. Like I just don't think that they're going to throw in and say, you can't look at either conference and say, oh, clearly the best conference. It's kind of like, well, these conferences are really sloppy this year. Let's just throw one team from each one in the playoffs and let it play out. So I think it's going to be cut and dry. I've written off the Big 12, but depending on what the Pac-12 do, maybe they back their way in. I mean, they're down to, what do they have, five teams left that have the same scenario. Um, Baylor, they've played two games. So I don't know what they're up to or if they're going to kind of play out. But their heavy hitter, Oklahoma, they're sitting there with two losses. 
if they were to win out and win the conference, do they get in? I would think that Oklahoma with two losses would get a shot, even though with their Sunbelt losses, I don't think their conference deserves it. That's just how I feel. Like before one of those other teams gets a two-loss champion in, I think the Big 12 would get a crack. What are your thoughts? I, I think that's that's pretty spot on. I, mean, I, I think it's way too early to even try to speculate as to what what conferences and how many people of each are going to get in because as far as as what could be happening as far as schools closing or games getting canceled, um, I, I think we got to let it, we got to just let it play it out week by week and and hopefully we'll we'll get a clearer picture as the seasons are ending. Well, the big thing that I think a lot of people are probably overlooking too is BYU and Liberty. They're undefeated right now, and they don't really play. I mean, Liberty has to play Virginia Tech and NC State. If Liberty beats both of them and they end up undefeated, claim it. Like, do you invite them into the playoffs? Because, like, that's the one thing where I think this is the year where one of those teams, and BYU has a much easier path. They're already ranked number 12. They're 5-0. and They play Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise, which you know Boise is going to be hyped up no matter what their record is, and that's going to boost them. Uh, UNA, not sure which one that is, and then San Diego State. The key for them, the Army game was postponed. They didn't make the Army game up because I believe the BYU schedule is so stretched out now that it really didn't flow with Army's regular rest of the schedule. Army's sitting there, though, and they're 5-1. and one. So I think if somehow, like let's say BYU and Army are sitting there, Army has one loss, BYU is undefeated, if I were them, I'd be getting on the phone and saying, let's play the week before the playoff selection and hope that we get picked. Because you, like, you're like you right. It's so far away, we don't know. Some of these teams, like you would have to think, Army, they're tough to prepare for. It would be a hell of a story if they were to win the rest of the games because they, they lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 14. That's another thing that you could look at too is who's left in like Conference USA or one of the other ones, um, the AAC and like the, the Mount West. Like, do you give them a chance? Because Navy's in that conference. Cincinnati's undefeated. They're the highest ranked, and so is SMU. I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't think this year, I think that's why this might be the push to expand the playoffs. Obviously, it's kind of late for them to do it this year. If they do some bubble thing, though, who knows? But um, like you said, teams fighting it. I have on here the Big Ten fights it. Minnesota, I believe, I could be wrong, they, they were going to be favored against Michigan. It kind of leaked out through like Vegas. The line took a crazy shift. And then uh, P.J. Fleck came out and was like, yeah, we've had some coronavirus cases. I'm not going to name who. But I was like, okay, well, if the line's shifting, then you have to think that that's like a pretty big, a pretty big tell. Because normally like, that kind of stuff leaks out, even though the media isn't going to cover it like Vegas would. But now Michigan's favored 
And then today, I don't know if it actually went through, but um, they're talking about putting the Michigan campus on lockdown. So would that include football? They said no. Like, okay, that's kind of strange that they're just going to lock down the entire campus but let football go, travel to Minnesota, where they're also having coronavirus outbreaks. It's the same thing that I said in the beginning of the year. Why would you postpone to the time when the weather's getting colder and like more people get sick? This is the dumbest decision. You should have been rushing to get started at the beginning of August. Like that's whenever Ryan Day and I think Jim Harbaugh, I know Harbaugh said they could be ready in two weeks. I think Ryan Day came out. Of course, like the big coaches, they were all like, let's play. We're ready in two weeks. And then Barry Alvarez is like, well, the Badgers won't be ready. We got to, we got to push it back. It's like, ugh. at some point, you know, it's going to be a bad decision. And now what? You can't tell me it was for player safety because now you guys just look like a bunch of assholes. Like, I mean, if we're being honest, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you ruined a lot of people's like NFL career stuff. Like, uh, Jim Harbaugh came out and said Nico Collins isn't on the roster anymore. Michigan's he was going to be the I don't know if he's a senior this year, but he's like our star wide receiver. Probably could have used some more film. Maybe he didn't need it because he showed up in some big games, but. He came back. He didn't go to the pros last year because he, he thought that he needed extra film to go higher. The delay made him kind of declare for the draft. Then he was in no man's land where you would have to declare and get the NCAA to approve it. They never came out and said if he if he put in the waiver or not. But now he's like not on the team. So it's like, you delayed the season. And so some of these guys, he's not the only one. He's the only one that I saw in the news today. So I know like that's on top of my head. But there are other guys that are in the same scenario where, like, you delayed for player safety. Now you're having your campuses in lockdown still play the game on, like, the same week. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. So I don't even know what to expect. Will, play, will players be out? Will Minnesota have players out? <laughs> I think PJ Fleck just said, like, whatever the rule was, he needed 52 guys or whatever. He's like, yeah, I have that many. That's like how he ended the press conference or whatever. And, and it might have just, I don't know if it was a video one. I just read like the transcript. So it's like, okay. So you have the guys you need. Like a very Virginia Tech way to do it. Virginia, it's worked out for Virginia Tech though. Um, Penn State also lost their running back. He's out for a couple weeks. Conveniently, he'll be out for the Ohio State game. <laughs> so that's a bummer. Oh man. Needing that Penn State win against the Buckeyes, even if it just keeps them down a peg. Like, I need the Buckeyes to start losing because they can't keep recruiting at the Alabama level, Matt. It's not good for me. It's not good for me. But um, they said Journey Brown could miss the entire season. But right now he's scheduled to come back in the middle of the season, like right before the Michigan game. So, of course, like he's like, oh, Ohio State game, I'm out. Michigan game, I'm back for that, baby. He'll probably have 300 yards on the on the ground. <laughs> He'll be fresh. I don't know. So that's my thing. That's the big game, game day. Michigan at Minnesota. There's zero chance they cancel the game when game day is going to be there. You just can't pass up that money. And that's why I think they're hypocrites. 
and why it's like it didn't make any sense in the beginning that the Big Ten would wait, and it doesn't make any sense now that they're coming back at this exact week. And then two of the teams that are beating on game day are having coronavirus outbreaks right before the game. <laughs> That's my last thing. Um, prediction? I was going to predict Michigan to lose because Harbaugh hasn't had – when has he been prepared for a game day on the road? He's like 1-20 or something like that. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait for those. In the NFL, he was awesome. He even had a thing. Like ESPN did a study on it. I remember this for the 49ers where he would take the team ahead to get them adjusted because I guess they said like the old West Coast coaches, like they wouldn't travel as far in advance. Like they would travel like on Friday or whatever. And he was traveling early in the week and just having them stay at a hotel because he said like he learned at Stanford when you're getting into that Eastern time zone, you're at like a disadvantage. So like the 49ers, always ready on the road. Stanford, like they were always ready. Michigan's like never ready. But again, I don't know who's out for Minnesota. So I'm going to have to go pick them. It's on the road. Michigan has a new quarterback. If it is supposed to snow, so it's supposed to snow, no fans. It goes to the ground game. I would have said, oh, that's going to be Michigan, but I still have nightmares about that one rainy game against Michigan State where Michigan should just ran the ball, and instead they threw like 40 times. And they lost. It was like that was like the John O'Corn years. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I would, I would say I want to say Minnesota, but I just don't know who's out for them. And if they're missing a couple of defenders, they're not going to be able to stop the Michigan rush. The recruiting is just too good for Michigan comparatively, and they're just going to run the ball down their throat. It's not going to be like a Rutgers type run. But if Minnesota's missing a couple starters, like they're not deep enough to go. I think it will be I, I think Minnesota will be winning at halftime. But I think in the second half, Michigan ends up winning by like a touchdown. Like at least. They could they could go up like twenty one or something. But I think like they come out, it takes them a while because they're on the road, and they'll come back. Like last year they almost came back against Penn State after laying the egg at the beginning. And it took that drop pass to keep them out of overtime. I don't think it will come down to that. I think they'll they'll get the lead earlier, and the the game will just kind of end. They'll like run the clock out. What's your prediction? I can see I can see Michigan winning in a close game. I mean, with with all the weather and all the other un, uncontrollables, I think Harbaugh's been waiting for a while. And I think usually it seems like earlier in the year he tends to be okay. Early in the year, he's lights out. That's the other thing. Um, I think the only year that he's really lost, like an early opening game, was that um, Utah game when Rudolph came in. Rudolph transferred from Iowa, and he had a couple costly interceptions on the road at Utah. Now you're going against a team that Michigan has fared well against. Um, I don't even know. I can try to bring it up here. But I don't know if they've lost to them in the Harbaugh era. I know they haven't played as much because of those crossover games I've been complaining about. The stupid uh, Big Ten scheduling. Like, why would you get rid of the little brown jug game but, like, throw Michigan in all these other games? Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, Harbaugh's 2-0 since he's got there. One against Fleck, which was 33-10. to 
and then he beat Tracy Clays, which the Tracy Clays won. Tracy Clays should have won. Michigan had like a, a goal line stop. Like they were driving to just to just win the game. They were down by like three. They went for it on fourth and one, I think, and they got stopped on the goal line. Look that up if you want to watch a good goal line stand. Um, other games. ACC, Matt. Do you have NC State or the Tar Heels? I think the Tar Heels rebound. I think there there were some of the issues that they had from the Florida State game. They would be pissed off. Take I'll, it out on the- I'll say that I thought the Wolfpack were going to win, but then devastating injury on w- an awful hit, which I haven't really seen the ACC talk about. They won't. The, offici- the officiating in the ACC, like people talk about poor officiating, but it's like, it's insane how terrible the ACC officials are. Well, it was a dirty hit. It was late. Broke his fibula. Because he wasn't expecting it. Like he took a hit to the leg, low, targeting. I don't even know if they called targeting. I can't remember. But it, it changed their entire season. I think having the flipping, flip-flopping quarterbacks at the beginning of the year, they didn't play him because of the coronavirus. Then he comes in, leaves the charge against Pitt. I really thought that was going to be NC State's like turning point. They beat Virginia, beat Duke, and then you get the hit, broken leg. Now you're down. Do you have that identity to fight back? I mean, the schedule couldn't be at a worse time. They play on the road in Chapel Hill. Then they play Miami. And then Florida State, who have said, has more talent if they put it together. That's going to be it. They could be on a four-game losing streak if they lose to Liberty, too. Which could happen. So that's going to be that's going to be my watch right now. Everyone's talking about how they're coming back. They even they're even ranked twenty third, which I thought was mind blowing because normally, if a player gets injured, they they affect that in the rankings. But they didn't this week, probably because the Big Ten isn't playing. So they'll be out. I think they lose. Have any other predictions for the week? I like the Knolls to get hot again. They're they're underdogs against Louisville. Let's right the ship. Go Knolls. What do you think about Notre Dame Pitt? That was a game that I always think Pitt plays them tough. That I think Notre Dame will win, but it'll be a lot closer than it should be. What were your thoughts on uh, Auburn Ole Miss? Do you think Gus Malzahn gets fired after the Lane Train beats him? Well, to be honest, Lane looked really good against Alabama. I laughed off him knowing the calls. But maybe he only looked good because he knew their defense because he ran against it in practice for a long time. So I could see them winning. I also think Auburn, if you look at it, that's been their M.O. since Malzahn's been there. If you take the kick six away from them, they're what, a perennial like eight-win team, nine-win team? I mean, they haven't been. They're one of the teams, too, that quarterback play is an issue. It's like if you had a better quarterback, you could be LSU. Like look what happened when Cam Newton was there. When you don't have that guy, it's, it's tough to watch. So, of course, I'm going to go Ole Miss – I think Auburn probably win, but I'm going to say Ole Miss because I think 
Lynn Kiffin needs it. Otherwise, he's going to lose the team, and that's just going to be a bad scenario. Um, I don't think – oh, I mean, you could guess Iowa State and Oklahoma State, but – or Cincinnati SMU. But I really think since he takes that one, and I think Oklahoma State hopefully beats Iowa State because it's at home because they need Mike Gundy to win. I want to see Mike Gundy in the playoffs after he got shafted that one year. <laughs> That's my last thing. you have anything else for the final bell? My final bell this week, and I just – I love how the Big Ten dragged their feet with coming back and then it's magically they're finally returning this week after everyone's played a handful of games. And they just like how, – how did the NCAA just randomly throw all of them back into the top 25? Like where they got four, four or five teams that are ranked right now? Like, how do you just go, all right, well, now that we're back, throw them back in. Like, I feel like they could have at least waited a week to see, are they actually deserving of their ranking? Nah, throw them up there in the top ten. Make sure we get our Big Ten in there. Yeah, but not so fast, Matt. They've been in since they've reopened it. Ohio State moved up one spot to number five. Ohio State has. No, Ohio State's moved up one spot. Penn State moved up one spot. Who else have been here? Wisconsin moved up two. They're tied with North Carolina now. Michigan has only moved up one. They looks like they might have uh, – I guess they were already ahead of Virginia Tech. But they're 18. And Minnesota has moved up three. They used to be ranked 24th. Now they're 21. Now I'm not saying that they're not deserving of that ranking, but how do we know? Everyone else has got to play four or five games already in regard, just dragging our feet. We deserve to be there. No, Matt. The one you're missing is USC. They're, how do we know they're any good? Have they been good? Have they deserved a rank in the past couple of years? No, they haven't, and they shouldn't be. Because I'm fine with the Big Ten ones because they pick teams that, if you're looking over like the past three or four years, they've pretty much always ended up ranked the one team you could probably leave out is Minnesota. And I think that they reflected that well by putting them in at like 24th. But the fact that they're reaching and adding Marshall and NC State behind them and Coastal Carolina, I think that's going to be the point where it's like, okay, we know Minnesota had momentum last year. Like, do we really think that Marshall is better than them? Even if they didn't play? If they would have had in like Michigan State or something, then I would have been like, what the, what the hell? Like, they have a brand new coach. Like, what are you doing? Why would you be voting for them? So when I don't see any votes for them, I don't even think any Big Ten teams know. Wait, I'm wrong. Iowa has votes. Are there any others? No, I don't see any. Which Iowa, again, they have a coach that's going to be there. That He's been there for how many years? But. Is it a contract year? No, players are petitioning to get him fired right now. Did you see that? Yeah. They're banding together after the issues we talked about earlier in the summer. So I wonder if that's going to get some heat or if they're just going to ignore it. But it depends, like you said, are they going to have a big year? If they go 10-0 or whatever in the West, I mean, they have crossovers against Penn State, and I don't think Ohio State plays them, do they? No, because Ohio State gets the lucky. They play Illinois. It's like, psh. Okay. Lovey Smith is even still there. But Scott Frost, 
That's the big one we should have picked. Do you think Nebraska even shows up, or do you think it's a 62-point beatdown? They're showing up, and they're going to be upset. He has nothing but free time. If that's Nebraska why, wins, I think why, that's up there in terms of gigantic upsets. I don't know how high I'd put it, but I would think that like if that knocked them out, Nebraska's not even anywhere on anyone's radar. That could make Scott Frost season. I think if they get killed, Nebraska then plays Wisconsin, Northwestern, and then Penn State. Like they most likely will be 0-4, potentially 1-3 if they beat Northwestern. If they start off with an Ohio State win, though, maybe they can get that momentum going. It's a crazy year. We'll see. But that's it. You have anything else? Nope. All right, got some football stuff in. Good talking. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Spread the word. Uh, any support is great, so we appreciate it. If there's any topics you want us to hit on, make sure you hit us up. Go to southbondsports.com and let us know. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.